you follow me When you start thinking that the night would end Then we could go and start it up Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius. It is a Thursday edition of the show, our, what is it, second or third of the week? I start losing track after a while, but the beauty of it is, is that we have another fantastic show ready to go just for you, the Pewter people out there. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is also of PewterReport.com. J.C. Allen and J.C., we heard the news today that Tom Brady and a lot of the starters are going to be playing when the Bucks head over to Indy for their final preseason game of the season. A lot of exciting stuff to get into. How are you doing, sir? Doing great. You know, football is almost here. Last training camp of the day. I I, I wasn't out there, but you guys are holding it down for Pewter Report. My last day was yesterday. But you know what that means, Matt, is we've got one preseason to go, and then it's regular season time. Practices change to the regular season format, and then that just ramps up the process. And I think it's, what, 15 days after that, that Colts game? It's time to go. It's go time. And we're going to get a look at some of the players who will be starting that first uh, game of the season on Saturday, apparently. Yes, we will. We're going to talk about all of that. We're going to talk about uh, some other housekeeping, some stories on pewterreport.com that uh, we wrote about earlier today and we'll continue to post throughout the day. But JC, you talked about ramping things up a little bit. And uh, one way you can ramp things up for yourself is by drinking a Celsius energy drink, which of course, Celsius is the providing sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. And guys, if you don't know by now, Celsius is the best energy drink in the game. They have seven essential vitamins and a huge variety of Players flavors. Starting you, got the, you got the sparkling uh, wild berry. You got the sparkling orange, one of my personal favorites, the watermelon, uh, strawberry lemonade, so many different types of flavors. You also got the vibes. The vibes are very high on this show. Um <laughs> You got the Arctic vibe, which JC, I believe, is drinking. We'll show that once we get back onto the uh, show itself. The tropical vibe, of course, one of the best in the game. And the peach vibe, all terrific, fantastic flavors. The other beauty of it is it gives you that essential energy, whether you're working out, got to get through a work day, whatever it might be. The best drink to have that help fuel you throughout your day is Celsius. Uh, make sure you go to their website, hit the store locator. Find out where there's a Celsius near you. You can also buy these drinks in bulk every two, three weeks, whatever you want. I suggest getting the variety pack because variety is the spice of life. Um, there are multiple different type of packages that you can get, but you can get it all on Amazon. So make sure you go to Celsius.com, check out what they have to offer, and you will not be disappointed. That is Celsius Energy Drinks. All right. JC, let's get back to the show itself. Whoopsie daisy. There we go right there. Um, a little bit of news that we got this morning. Obviously, there was the story yesterday that the Bucks had signed outside linebacker uh, Gennard Avery, who Todd Bowles spoke about after practice today, saying that they brought him in because he's got some good pass rushing ability and also because he um, can do some things on special teams. So we'll see if he makes that final roster cut. But they also said that they brought him in because they almost did it as a safety precaution where, you know, if a player gets injured halfway through the season, you're kind of looking for that guy that you could bring in that can maybe, you know, 
have an impact halfway through the season. They just wanted to get a step ahead of that, and uh, that's why they signed Avery. But because they signed Avery, they had to waive someone else, and they waived a friend of the program, Cyril Grayson Jr., the wide receiver, with an injury settlement. Um, fortunately, Cyril not on the team right now, but he is dealing with an injury and, um, you know, can never rule anything out. Obviously, with his career, he's been to so many different places, so many different stops, and he knows all about perseverance. So uh, we definitely wish Cyril well, and hopefully, uh, you know, you never say never. He could be back on the Bucks later this season. Yeah, like most of the guys who have so far have been waived with that injury designation. If he does clear through waivers, he'll revert to the Bucks. Uh, injured reserve list where he'll miss the season technically but there is a chance as we saw with Jojo Azugu and Jonathan Hubbard that they could reach an injury settlement which would mean they would agree upon a certain amount of time that the Bucks would pay him for um, for missing those games with or or time with the injury and then after that new rules have changed it used to be six weeks but now it's four weeks where after that four-week period plus the injury settlement uh, timeline he could actually come back to the Bucks. Uh, usually, you know, if you waive the guy with an injury settlement if, before the rule changes, that's it. You just can't come back to your team. Uh, they've changed it over the over the years where it's a certain amount of time, and now that time has even lessened. So, you know, there's a possibility he could be back with the Bucks or maybe competing somewhere else. But definitely wish him the best of luck in in his career. You know, really came on at the end of last year and was battling, had an up and down camp, but was really, you know, still part of that mix, at least for the very least at, at a, as a practice squad spot. But Matt, the biggest thing to me telling was what Bull said about Avery. Uh, having that guy now, instead of finding a midseason, it almost sounds like he could he's going to make the team as a fifth outside linebacker, uh, which is something that we've been kind of debating. Do they keep a fifth outside linebacker? Do they keep a fifth inside linebacker, you know, sixth uh, cornerback? fifth safety but the way he talked it sounded like that as long as you know Avery picks up the playbook fast enough and and has a good showing out in Indy on special teams that he's going to be a guy who's going to be sticking around past the cuts so I don't know if you kind of got that sense or feel yourself but the way he worded it you know a guy that who could help us now instead of fighting a midseason well he's going to help you what for a practice in a game or right help you long term <laughs> yeah it, it's a good point because and we were talking about this yesterday a little bit that, you know, going into the season, I would have thought Bucks are going four outside linebackers. They already got it. Shaq Barrett, Joe Trianchenko, which we will talk about in just a moment. And then obviously Anthony Nelson. And with the signing of Carl Nassib last week, it's kind of like, all right, bada bing, bada boom. You're good to go. Uh, outside linebacker. Don't need to think twice about it. But now you bring in, uh, now you bring in Avery and it really could be a situation. Well, I don't think they're going to cut Carl Nassib because they just signed him last week. It'd be very odd to sign him and a guy that knows his defense and to just release him after a week. Anthony Nelson, we know his spot is very much secure. You know, he's he's coming off a season where he had his highest career of sacks. So, you know, um, I, I don't see anything going on with him moving there. So, yeah, I think it turns into a situation where you're going to at least – um, where you're going to at least bring in or bring on five outside linebackers for the season because why else would you bring him in unless you want him to compete for a week? This isn't like the Patrick Laird situation where you kind of just need a bodies body. at running back at training camp. We're talking about a guy that, as John Ledyard said, was linebacker three right. on the Steelers. So I think it's the fact that it was so surprising that he, that he got cut that the Bucs were just like, all right, let's go get him right now. 
Right. And Steelers Depot, who who does phenomenal coverage, you know, for for the Pittsburgh Steelers, was like, I didn't have <laughs> Avery being released on my bingo sheet today and they were kind of shocked by it too so he's a good player um you know especially he's had some special team snaps 418 over his career 98 last year most of those came on kick block uh field goal block but a, a bunch of them came on on coverage as well kick coverage as well so you know he can help in that department he's had seven and a half career sacks his best season was his rookie year where he had four and a half sacks four fumble fumble recovery five tackles four loss um, but last year he started 12 games for Philly. So having a guy who can start in a pinch if injuries do, you know, take hold, a guy who can be someone who plays on special teams uh, is obviously a big need for this team. <laughs> if you watch the first two yeah. preseason games, they they could definitely use all the special teams help they could get. So shout out to Charlie living his best life out in the car. Charlie is having a blast. I was like, what are you laughing at? And then I, I saw the comment and, uh, it makes sense. So shout out to Charlie. Hope you're having a good time. I hope everyone is having a good time. And one way that you can have a better time is by helping us out and hitting the like and subscribe button. Please subscribe to Peter Report TV. We're always churning out these podcasts, but also churning out uh, various different videos from press conferences to other sound bites that the players have. Uh, we just put one up before about uh, Todd Bowles talking about who's going to be playing and his overall relationship with Tom Brady, which, you know, pretty much allowed for Brady to have a couple of days off and, um, you know, be away from the team to come back with no issues there. Shout out Josh Capo up in the chat. He says, Charlie having a good trip. Uh, very true. Someone that's not having a good trip. And um, this is based off of sticking with the, the injury conversation. This doesn't, this affects the bucks for one week, but it's not an injury to a bucks player. And that was the news that came out of Dallas, which they're starting offensive tackle, Tyron Smith. Uh, he had a knee injury. I believe it was a torn ACL, or at least that's the report that he has. A torn hamstring. Ham Sorry, torn, torn hamstring. So either way, uh, a torn injury that's obviously going to keep him out for the season or at least a very, very long time. So he will not be available for the first game of the season when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers travel to Dallas to take on the Cowboys in a rematch of last year's first game of the season. Right. Uh, this time, though, the game is on the road for the Bucs. Um, listen, injuries are very unfortunate. We've seen it already with the Bucs, uh, all the injuries that they dealt with, whether it was the corners last season or everything going on with the offensive line. So um, I definitely feel for uh, Tyron Smith and, you know, just – I know people hate Cowboys fans, but you know when you have one of your best players get injured, that always sucks. On the flip side of it, looking through the lenses of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I mean, I'm already extremely excited for the entire defense, but specifically the pass rush when you have Shaq and, and a full-blown JTS that's going to be starting on the outside. Don't need to think twice about it. He's there on every single snap. Plus, Akeem Hicks and Vita Vea in the middle. I was already excited for this pass rush. And now you get Shaq and JTS against a backup offensive tackle. And Smith, again, being one of the best tackles in the league, obviously it's a downgrade to begin with. But, I mean, good luck to the Cowboys <laughs> trying to start, uh, trying to stop, you know, the, the Bucks defense, at least on the defensive line. I know the Bucks have their own issues on the offensive line, but damn, Shaq Barrett and Joe Tryon-Shoyenka getting to just pin their ears back and get after Dak Prescott. Um 
something something to monitor for that first game of the season yeah these guys should eat like they really should and, and it goes so much more beyond just the pass rush too you're looking at you know a team that has been one of the best some years the best at stopping the run and losing a guy like that to open up holes on outside on outside runs as well is going to be a huge factor we already know as last season you know the cowboys abandoned the run pretty much early uh with Ezekiel and, and tony pollard and looking at their team now, it looks like the whole CD Lamb issue was some he was clowning around and just needed stitches on his foot. So he'll probably be able to go. But they're still without James Washington and Michael Gallup, their number two and three receivers. So they're going down to their number four and five receiver that's going to maybe six receiver that's going to be playing in that game. They haven't made a significant signing of anybody to really bolster that wide receiving corp. And also, you know, you look at it, Yeah, sure. They got Dallas Schultz, but. It's it's gonna make that team so predictable and one dimensional where you know that majority of the time he's gonna be looking for CD or Dallas Schultz because these other guys you made Dalton? Dalton, yeah. yeah. Dallas Clark. Dalton, Dalton plays in Dallas. Dalton <laughs> plays in Dallas, yes. Yeah. Dallas Clark played in Dallas for a second too, I believe. Yeah. We're off the rails there. Um, so I mean it's just it, it makes that offense predictable, one dimensional if, if they can stop the run and <laughs> Not just the linebackers should feast, but it should cause some turnovers as well, potentially, if the if the guys can read the right plays and attack some of those young wide receivers that are going to be out there on the field. So huge blow all the way around for the Dallas offense and works in the Bucks' favor. See some fans in the chat. Uh, I believe, yeah, Tony Saylor said that he booked his trip. He's going to Dallas. He's going to be at the Bucks' home opener. So that's pretty awesome. I saw someone else. Uh, yeah. Zechariah, I guess Zachariah, but spelled a little different. Zachariah said he's going to the Bucks Cardinals game on Christmas Day, so that's pretty cool. Love seeing Bucks fans travel for road games. Um, obviously very awesome. And we have a five dollar super chat from Giovanni Perez. Giovanni, thank you so much for that super chat. He says, "You guys being at practice and all, how good of a season do you think the Bucks will have if all the key players stay healthy?" Well, they're already behind the eight ball with that a little bit because <laughs> Ryan Jensen is injured and, you know, you got Keanu Neal, who should be back by the regular season. Same with Tristan Wirth, but you already have guys that, that are injured. Um, but if everyone is healthy, we're talking about Mike Evans, Chris Godwin goes back to form, Julio Jones play is healthy for a whole season, which... Hasn't happened in a long time. And then you talk about the defensive side of the ball. Again, Akeem Hicks, very excited for him. He's coming off an injury. Levante David, getting up there in age, was injured, missed time last year. And we already talked about the secondary. But if everyone is healthy, I mean, that was mostly the case for the Bucs in 2020, with the exception of Vita Vea, who still got back for the NFC Championship game in the Super Bowl. You saw what it did for them there. In their first season, in a COVID season, where Tom Brady's still getting acclimated, still building that chemistry with everyone. They won the freaking Super Bowl with the least amount of time of preparation that any team ever had when a new quarterback comes to the team. So now we're talking about Brady in year three with an entirely healthy team around him. Uh, how good of a season can they have? They could win the Super Bowl like without question. I, I don't think... And that should be the expectation, even if they do deal with more injuries this year. It's Super Bowl bust. That's exactly why Tom Brady came back. Uh, thank you for the question, but I think it's fairly, you know, set in stone. If everyone's healthy, uh, it, it's a Super Bowl, and that's and all. 
Yeah, that's what they're going for. That's the goal every year. They're no longer vying for NFC South division titles, although that's a goal on the way. But the, the ultimate goal is Super Bowl. And as far as schedule, you know, record goes, that's an interesting one. I, I'm still working through that. What I think, yeah. gonna, Matt, I'm, I'm sure you're still kind of working through that as well. But I, I don't think anywhere between 11 to 13 wins is out of a realm of possibility at, at all. I mean, I think that's kind of 11 is. I know right now the betting odds right now, I believe, Matt, are 11 and a half wins over under. Um, and I'm, I'm, I think I might take the over on that. But Matt, what, if you are looking for betting odds, of course, maybe, yeah. Maybe if, so. if 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 you were, if you want to bet on something like that, or the number of sacks at a team, or the, your favorite team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is going to have uh, the best place to go and do that would be with mybookie.ag. And of course, uh, you have multiple things going on right now. You still have baseball going on. Preseason football, you can bet all of it. And make sure you bet for the Bucks next game against the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, make sure you use the promo code Pewter. And my bookie is offering new customers 100% match bonus on their first deposit, all the way up to $1,000. That means you put in a G, you get a G back. Even if you learn from Plant City Math, you can understand <laughs> that. Um, again, use the promo code Pewter. You get that money. They'll give it right back to you instantly. There's money lines, totals, everything else in between. Get yourself a nice parlay going. Maybe do a do a Tampa Bay parlay. Bet on the Rays, USF Week One, and the Bucks. I think USF is going to stink again this year. But if you're a if you're a Florida State fan or or a Gators fan, or say you're a Florida State fan, bet on Florida State to win. Bet on the Gators to lose, and bet on the Bucks to beat the Colts. Get a little parlay going there. So uh, there's multiple different things that you could bet on with my bookie, and make sure that you use the promo code Pewter and get a dollar for dollar match. That is mybookie.ag with the promo code Pewter. Yeah, I mean, hey, talking about this championship talk right now, what the window is? Maybe throw a futures bet in there. Yeah, Take exactly. The Super Bowl, and you know, you you never know what that money would turn out to be. Uh, there was someone who who picked, I forget what, what it was, but picked all four major sports recently, the champions, and, and they won quite a chunk of change. So never know. I saw I saw another idiot that put in a bet <laughs> that uh the Bucks are gonna have the worst record in the NFL. So oh. it was like I think he bet ten dollars he'd win like a hundred twelve thousand dollars if the Bucks had the worst record in the league. So you never know. Uh, those small bets can turn into big profits. If if anyone wants to place that bet, I will take I will take on that bet. <laughs> yes. In other words, thank you for just giving me free money. Uh, we got another super chat from Frank G. What up, G? He says, uh, thank you so much for the $4.99 super chat. Appreciate it, sir. Uh, he says, if the Bucks win the Super Bowl, where does Tom Brady rank among the best players in Bucks franchise history. Wow. So good question. We had a podcast about this. I would say it, it was in, it was over the summer. I mean, we're, we are still in the summer, but it was over the summer in between like when minicamp was done with and, and uh training camp didn't start yet. And we did our Bucks all time Mount Rushmore. Yep. And um, we everyone at Peter Report did it, and it, it varied a little bit. But one of the common ones was it was mostly like two offense and two defense, things like that. Even though the Bucks are predominantly historically 
a defensive team. Mm. Um, but Tom Brady was an offensive player that was on it. And I just think it shows that Tom Brady is one of those players that transcends the sport. Obviously, he's an icon for what he did with the Patriots, but he's an icon no matter what in the NFL. And the fact that he came to Tampa Bay, won a Super Bowl in his first year, and let's face it, he in a COVID year, he plucked the franchise from obscurity, pretty much. I mean, they hadn't made the playoffs in over a decade. He comes in, they win a Super Bowl. Next season, obviously, they didn't get their ultimate goal, but they did win the division for the first time in a long time. So if he were to win two Super Bowls in three years... Man, I mean, obviously his name's going up there in Raymond James Stadium. No matter what. Does he become the greatest buck of all time? I think even I though think it's only for three close. seasons, he has to be. I think it's close. It's really close. And I mean, not only did he pluck this team out of obscurity, he plucked them from the worst winning percentage in all of North American sports, professional sports, and brought them out of there as well. Brought national attention, brought uh, so much, uh, you know, different, possibilities to the Tampa Bay Bucks, the COVID year it, that cannot get understated too. this guy came in without with a truncated training camp, no preseason, no time really to bond with his guys in the offseason. It was pretty much you come to training camp, you isolate at home and to win a Super Bowl in that first year. If he can win another Super Bowl, I think he's already top 10 easily of, of greatest Bucks of all time, if not top five. But if you win another Super Bowl, for the Buccaneers in two and three years, get that NFC division title. Yeah, Matt, I think, yeah. you know, he could, he's a quarterback plays ultimate position and he's the greatest of all time at in football history. Yeah. Good point for Emily here. She says, how does he not two Super Bowls in three years? It's a lock. It's hard to argue it. Uh, Callie Bucks though says, uh, why didn't that come up? Callie Bucks says Mike Evans is the greatest Buccaneer of all time. I think Mike Evans is the most lovable Buccaneer of all time. Um, obviously, for what he, yeah, he man of the people, especially for what he does uh, off of the field, but obviously a great player on the field and future Ring of Honor member as well. It, it, it's a great argument. It's a great argument because Mike was great before Tom Brady got there and went through so many different quarterbacks. So uh, it's very tough. But I'm loving this discussion. Love when we get the fans involved right. in the chat. And if you super chat us, we will make sure that we answer it. Right away. So we will talk about the players starting in the preseason. But again, you super chat us. We will talk about it. Z Legacy with the $5 super chat. He says, and thank you, Z Legacy. He says, Super Bowl will be Raiders versus Bucks too. Of course, alluding to the uh, the original Super Bowl that the Buccaneers won when they beat the Raiders. Bucks win by two. Book it. You're welcome. Well, That's the storylines, JC, would be fan-freaking-tastic based oh, yeah. on the news from uh, UFC owner Dana White, which I'm a big fan of the UFC, and I also like Dana White for the fact that he says what's on his what what is on his mind, and he doesn't really give a damn. He'll cuss, he'll say whatever, um, and he pretty much said it was a done deal that Brady and Gronk were going to go to the Raiders. Um, someone else asked me how I felt about that. I was like, well, it was still free agency at the time. He wasn't signed with the Bucks, so like, all right, whatever. He's got a he's got to shop and see who wants him, where he wants to go. It all ended well f anyway. He went to the Bucs. They won a Super Bowl. They competed last season. They're going to compete again this year. So uh, the storyline would be great, though. It would be. Um, it would be a great matchup, too. Obviously, people are very high on the Raiders this year with Devontae Adams going there, reuniting with Derek Carr. They played together in college. Um, you know, obviously some changes there. I don't know, though. 
the AFC is tough, man. Anytime you got the Chiefs and the Bills, it's going to be, you know, extremely tough. It'd be interesting, too, because the Raiders' offense is more prolific than its defense. And I think that the defense for the Bucks has a really good shot at being better than the offense this year. So it'd be kind of be like that 2002 throwback where the D- Bucks' defense versus the Raiders' offense. Yeah. Even though Tom Brady is there in the offense, is probably going to be firepower this season for the Bucks too. But you would still have that storyline to like temper back to as well from 2002. It'd be a great storyline, but I I don't. It's that that conference, that division, let alone that conference is oh, going to be absolutely yeah. bananas. I mean, the Chargers, what they have on the defensive line with Khalil Mack and um, and Bosa, like that's in, that's insane in its own right. Bastion Joseph Day in the middle holding it down like they and then and then the Chiefs obviously are like a huge threat threat every year so damn I would not want to play I yeah and Russ with the Broncos I would not want to play in the NFC West man it was like <laughs> a couple years ago the NFC West was kind of like that yeah. was that same thing yeah so it's it it's gonna be interesting to see who comes out of the AFC I think the Bucks are probably lucky they're in the NFC this year because there's a much more wide open I wouldn't say wide open but an open path with the changes that have gone in Green Bay, the changes that have gone in, in you know, New Orleans, the struggles now the Cowboys are having. Can Jalen Hurts take that next jump? Uh, and just, you know, I, I think it's a, a little bit of an easier path, but that doesn't mean anything because the Bucks have one of the toughest schedules in the league and they've got some injury issues of their own. So it's going to be an interesting football season, to say the least, Maddie. Yes, absolutely. It will be. And Todd Bowles had some interesting things to say after practice today when he had his post-practice press conference. That's a lot of P's right there, pushing P as as the song goes. Uh, But, of course, one of the first things that Bowles was asked was, will Tom Brady play in this upcoming preseason game, and will any of the starters? And Bowles said, and I quote, anyone that is healthy will play. He was asked that again about a question later. And he responded the same way. Anyone that is healthy, anyone who is healthy will play. So Tom Brady is back despite having a veteran off day the day before. He did participate in today's practice, uh, Thursday's practice. And um, so it looks like he's going to be playing in Indy. Um, This isn't a total surprise because Brady does actually like to play in the preseason. He played uh what was it like a half against the Texans last year in the last preseason game he also played in that first preseason game as well so he's a guy that likes to get his reps in obviously you kind of hold your breath and cross your fingers every single time he's in there but we're going to see Tom Brady and and Bull said it wasn't that tough of a decision it um you know it was just more or less they wanted to see how much work that they could get done this week. And now that everyone's here, he wants to see some of the guys, especially on the offensive line, see how they work with Brady. Um, again, because it's everyone's who's healthy is going to play. Does that mean Mike Evans is going to play? I high, I highly doubt it means that Chris Godwin is participating. He did not participate in practice today, but nonetheless, you're getting TB 12 live in Indy where he has a lot of history over there. And, uh, you know, even in the preseason, any time that Tom Brady is playing, uh, it's a spectacle to watch, is it not? Of course it is. And, and Greg Allman, had, you know, he digs through. <laughs> I don't know where he gets some of the information, but he pointed out that Brady has played in every third preseason game or preseason finale 
um, since 2008 when he was, that's the last time he played when he was held out with a foot injury. And he's had at least 12 passes every, every year, except for 2016, where he had that suspension. So he's going to play. He's, he's known to play. He'll probably, I would, I don't think they're going to play. He's, they're going to play in more than two series. Um, I think probably gets two series and Gabbert gets two series and then it's going to be trash time the rest of the way. And I think that's, I know fans are losing their mind, losing their mind yesterday about Brady having an off day, but I think that was more to get Kyle Trask those extra reps. And Matt, we saw him, he, he got the first reps of the day out there um, ahead of Blaine Gabbert. So, you know, getting him reps inside in the indoor on the turf and just kind of getting used to that, I think was a big telling point that they're going to get Trask uh, a lot of time in that game. So, it's going to be interesting to see how many, how long Brady's out there, but it's important to get him out there. I think with that offensive line specifically, getting obviously Worfs won't be there, but getting him out there and getting snaps with Hainsey next to Shaq and 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 next to Gedeke uh, and Donovan all out there, getting them on the same page, building that continuity because that's going to be very important for you know the season. And you can't just kind of go into that Dallas game no matter what it's looking like injury wise on their side without having kind of that expectation and, and knowing what you're going to get. So Brady's going to go out there. He's going to sling it. We'll probably see Evans. We'll probably see Julio. I agree. No Godwin. I don't think no gauge. Um, Cause those guys aren't hundred percent healthy, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we'll get some real football for at least a series or two. Yeah. Yeah. A little fun. bit. And I'm fine with Brady playing. Like, I don't think we can wrap these guys up in bubble wrap and, and just hope, please, please be ready. Cause and someone else made this point. Like you see guys get injured in practice too. So it gets to the point. I understand. Obviously there's more of a risk in the preseason game. Cause you're actually getting tackled, but you know, you can't coddle these people like all too much. So Brady, I'm with you. I'm fine. Like two series, even the first quarter, if you want to do that, yeah. let them get ready. Um, because, he's going to be working with different guys. And that was one of the other things Todd Bowles spoke about today that once again, offensive guard, Luke Gedeke is going to be the starter for this game. I want to talk about that in just a moment, but we got a couple more super chats. So let's get I to that. You super chat us. We will answer it right away. So first of all, Z legacy, again, another $5 super chat. Thank you. He says, PS Bucks defense become, one of the best D ever to play in NFL history. Hashtag stamp year. Um, that is a bold prediction right there. But what I will say is if they can create some turnovers, I have extremely high hopes for uh, the defense this year. I mean, you look at the two preseason games and I get it. It's preseason. But you know what? It's the Bucks third stringers going up against the Dolphins and Titans third stringers. Right. It's the fourth stringers going up against the fourth stringers. And you know what? Todd Bowles' defensive system and scheme prevailed both times. The defense only let up against the Dolphins field goals and one touchdown. And that one touchdown was, you know, a change of pace. The Bucs just threw, uh, the Bucs just turned the ball over. Dolphins had it like inside the 20. They scored in the next play. Zion McCollum got burned. The game against Tennessee, again, Tennessee got the ball like right in the Bucs territory. They didn't even move it an inch. And right. I think that speaks to the stunts, the twists they're doing on the defensive line and just good play from the linebackers and the secondary. They need to create more turnovers. They obviously have the turnover from Don Gardner uh, in the last game. You got to see that going uh, throughout the whole season, though. More picks, forced fumbles. I think they can do it, but I am so optimistic about the Bucks defense this year, JT. Oh, yeah, I think it's going to be. And this is going to be the first time, Matt, too, we're going to see Akeem Hicks and Vita Vea 
yeah. lined up next to each other in game. Yeah, up. we haven't and, seen that really too much. And like we've seen it in practice and what they've been able to do, you know, in joint practices and even against their own guys. And to actually have that extra oomph and like pep in their step going in a game situation against a, an opponent, it's going to be amazing. And with that, we've seen what they can do for everybody else. Like the addition of Akeem, Akeem Hicks, and this is nothing against Nadam Kasu because he was – he did exactly what he needed to do. He was a run stuffer, and you know he could give you some pressure and some sacks. But Akeem Hicks is a different beast. Guy's 6'6", 340 pounds. He's just an absolute giant. And having him and Vita Vea next to each other, you can't double block, I mean, single block either of those guys. You have to have that third offensive lineman at least chip, and that takes away from every everything else and allows other guys to kind of do their thing. I mean, on the outside, uh, Levante and Devin White behind them, and the pressure that they're creating is causing, you know, uh, plays to be made on the outside too with the cornerbacks and with the safeties because the quarterback's not having a lot of time to, to hold the ball and go through his progressions because it's closing in. So to see that happen in a game-type situation excites me. I'm excited to see it. Um, and I think with those guys there, the, it's a bold statement. But if they can stay healthy, if the defense can stay healthy, and as you said, make more turnovers, there's a possibility that they could rival that Ravens defense of of the 2000s and really put their mark in NFL history. And I I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility from what I've seen. I would say that's a pretty bold prediction to rival that Ravens defense. That's like one of the best defenses of all time that I've ever seen. Um, but hey, if they do it, <laughs> shout out to them. That that'd be uh, you know, historic to cover, of course. And um, you mentioned Akeem Hicks. I would just say as well, you see on the on the screen here, you got Vita Vea and Logan Hall. I think the addition of Hicks is gonna help so much with Logan Hall for the fact that he doesn't have to be thrust into this this you know huge amount of pressure of having to, you know, be a, a impact player right away. And he's going to make splashes on this team. He just doesn't have to do it in week one. He could really understand, you know, the game feel and the speed that comes with, uh, you know, being a defensive lineman in the NFL. We have another super chat that we got to get to. Uh, it is from Abundance Magnet. Thank you so much for the $5 super chat. They say uh, since TV 12 arrived, the Bucks value has been up at two. And hasn't he made it more fun for you guys to report on a contending team these past three years. Now, do you take this one? Because I, I wasn't here. I came here when TB12 got here, so I can't really speak on that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've only spent a couple of years covering the Bucks when it wasn't the Brady era. I uh, started as an intern and then worked my way up to uh, to be working at, at Peter Report, and I feel very lucky, and I'm extremely thankful that I'm able to. Um, you know, a, as you cover a team, you obviously – you try to be as unbiased as you can. And, um, you know, we always say like, we call it like we see it. If the team's playing good, we're going to talk about why they're playing good and how they're playing so well. If the team's been bad, which is what I experienced a lot starting out, we're going to talk about them playing bad. It's just being, you know, objective about everything. Like you got to understand we're not favoring people like this player over another. It's just, kind of the way that we see things now is it better when the team's playing better yeah absolutely i mean it's like if you owned a like a luxury like if you owned a, a gucci brand or something like that you owned a gucci store would you rather have more products sold or less products sold 
Right. Uh, I think you'd rather have more products sold. It's obviously, um, you know, it, the, when the team has success, it generates a lot more buzz and excitement ar around the city. So, yeah, it's fun to cover a winning team. When it's a bad team, obviously you can shape things like, okay, well, at least they're going to have a good draft pick. And uh, when there's a lot of turmoil, people seem to always gravitate towards that too. So um, you got clicks either way. And I would just say Bucks fans are extremely passionate. So, um, you know, they love their team no matter what. But to see them witness a team that has success and has won a Super Bowl, um, it's really awesome to see. So, yeah, I mean, it's always, I would say it's better to cover a winning team. But, you know, we're going to give the same, you know, analysis and insight that we would even if it was a losing team. But, yeah, it, it's good when the team wins. I don't think, you know, too many people would really disagree with that. Right. It's uh, definitely a little uh it's a little more fun when you're not having to write about the struggles of a team more than the success. Yeah, it's like, hey coach, why does the team keep losing every week? <laughs> you know, hey, you know, you, right. you gotta ask those questions, but it's a little bit better like, hey, you guys won five in a row and Tom Brady's breaking every record left and right. You know, what do you see from that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. things of that nature. So uh obviously. Um, you know, that's interesting stuff that you can do. Uh, but one thing I do want to say is you, you personally, unless you're an NFL player watching this, um, even if you're a fan of the Bucks, you know, you watch them every week, but you can't control whether or not, you know, they win on Sunday or Monday or Thursday or whatever it might be. But one way that you can win and control your own destiny is by bowling and winning in those matchups. And Ooh. the best place to go bowling, of course, would be at Pin Chasers. And there are multiple different locations. You got the East Pasco location, Zephyr Hills, Midtown, and Veterans. They have one that is uh, very close to the Advent Health Training Center where the Bucks have their practices, training camp, et cetera, et cetera. Um, love the food. Chicken tenders, very underrated. Pizza's great. The nachos are fantastic. Can never go wrong with the nachos there. And the best part about it, they have different deals literally every single night, whether it's, uh, you know, all you could eat pizza, all you could bowl, Dollar Miller Lights, different deals left and right. They always have charity events going on too, whether they're working with uh, Big Brother or Big Sister. Uh, they have another one coming up on the 28th, I believe, with Ackerman's Jewelers. But um, check out their schedule, go to pinchasers.net because they always have different deals, different events going on, different charity events, as I just mentioned. And it's great to go to right now, especially when it's brutally hot outside. You want to be in the AC. Well, Pin Chasers has you covered there. They're blasting that AC uh, when you go inside and, and get balling. So uh, check out a Pin Chasers near you and go to pinchasers.net to reserve a lane or book a party. They have different deals for everyone, that is pinchasers.net. All right, JC, before we uh, well, you know were likes, You know What's who that? likes to bowl a lot, right? There's an avid bowler on the Bucks team, and that's Donovan Smith. He usually holds his bowling charity every year. And, yep. you know, he gets a bunch of the O-line guys out there. And kind of speaking of the O-line, we got a $2 super chat from Leo Gal Galamara talking about the O-line and how the media is making such a big deal out of it. And Matt, we're there every day. We see the media, you know, we're part of the media. We see what's going on. I think it's more the national media that's blowing this out of proportion. I think we've been pretty consistent on our coverage about what we've seen from Hainsey and 
and Leverett and Gedeke. Um, but just kind of from the national media point of view, have you seen that same kind of woe is me, the sky is falling situation? Or, or like, what are your thoughts on the O-line in general? Well, I, I would like a little more context from what Leo is trying to say. Like, making such a big deal about what? The fact that Ryan Jensen is hurt? Because I, I think that's a huge deal. Ryan Jensen's one of the best centers in the league. Has Robert Hainsey done a really good job? Yes, he has. So shout out to Robert Hainsey for doing what he needs to do in order to, you know, earn that starting spot. And obviously that was another bit of news today that, uh, you know, J.C. Treader, that's been the golden word, not the golden word, but that's been like the buzzword out there. Treader, right. Treader, Treader. Well, it was announced today that he is retiring, so he will not be going to the box. But I feel good about Hainsey. Um, But again, replacing Ryan Jensen I think that is a big deal. So I don't I don't totally understand how people are like overreacting to that because I think that's seriously important. Um, if you were worried about the left guard competition, I think that's twofold because one, you got to find out who the winner is going to be. And if it I'm not saying it would have been Stinney, but you just take a guy out of the race there because unfortunately he's out for the rest of the season. Um, so now you're trusting a rookie that has you know, is make the transition from college to the NFL, other side of the line, tackle to guard. That's a big thing. And Leverett is still fairly new in the league, and he's playing multiple positions, and hats off to him for that. But he's never really started much. He's only, you know, been inserted into the game here and there. So you're talking about very two unproven guys that now has to build chemistry. And luckily, you know, you got Donovan Smith there, uh, Rocket Gibraltar, you know what he's going to do as the starting left tackle, a guy you can rely on. But to your right, you got to deal with, again, Hainsey, who has done very well, especially blocking against guys like Vita Vea and Hicks. It's going to be extremely right. tough, but you're learning that now. Um, you still got to build that continuity and, and chemistry. So you're talking about two guys that don't normally play these positions, and now you got to protect Tom Brady. Uh, I don't think anyone's really been overselling it. I think that's why we ask so much about it, because it's – it's a big deal. If you can't protect Brady, he's not going to run out of the pocket like Lamar Jackson or, you know, a lot of the more mobile quarterbacks around the league now. It's just not going to be the case with Brady. Yeah, I think a lot of people are referencing to Dan Orvlosky pretty much kind of came out and said that O-line is is really is, is going to really struggle to protect Brady and give him time this year. And, you know, when I say that, I just always go look back to his teams with the Patriots. I mean, look at we yeah. talked about the center competition and, you know, Dan Connolly, Ryan Wendell, Ted Carras. Brian Stork, even Dan Cope, and none of those guys was higher than a fourth round pick. And a lot of those guys were undrafted free agents. You look at the left the guard position, he's got guys like Unwenu, who was a sixth round pick. He's had guys like Ted Karras playing guard, uh, James Ferentz, who was an undrafted free agent. And then the biggest guy of them all, I still still always revert to him, is Stephen Neal, who was a wrestler in college and didn't even play football until he got to the NFL. Now, yeah, I mean, Dante Scarnacchia, everyone likes to throw that in my face. He's probably the best offensive line coach to ever do it. But I'll tell you what, Goody and Joe, Joe Gilbert are no, no scrubs at the offensive line position, and they've molded this team. You've seen what they've been able to do with the offensive linemen on this team. So I, I think whoever wins that job at left guard, and as you said, Hainsey's I haven't seen a lot of bad from Hainsey. I've seen some hiccups, but I don't see anything that I'm like, oh, man, they're in trouble. And as far as the left guard position, you know, Brady had the second fastest release in the NFL last year with the most yard, most 20 plus yard throws down the field. The guy who had the first was Ben Roethlisberger who was throwing checkdowns the whole time. 
So if you look at what Brady's able to do to be able to get the ball out quick enough, uh, he can kind of cover up some of those deficiencies and some of those struggles, whether it's Gedecki uh, or whether it's Leverett. Um, either one of those guys in there, I think, will there be some some growing pains? Yeah, of course there probably will be. These guys are young guys who have never started a game before. But do I think that Brady can help cover up with those, with his releases, with the weapons they have on this on this team that are going to be able to create separation and get open quick enough for him to do so? I think so. So am I overly worried about the offensive line? No. Is it concerning? Yes. Do I think they'll have it figured out sooner rather than later? Of course. Yeah, I fully 100% agree with you uh, about what you said with Brady's release time. And as you said, like he's worked with worse offensive lines, but he still <laughs> relatively stays upright because of his quick release time. He knows where the blitz is pocket coming. Presence. He yeah. he yeah, pocket presence. He knows like where their weaknesses are on the offensive line and with the team. So, I still think the Bucs will ultimately be a vertically based team, but I think we'll see whether it's, you know, secondaries uh, adjusting to that and not wanting to allow the deep ball. I do think we're going to see a little bit of a different offense this season. Not that it's going to be less efficient, but that's why you bring in Rashad White. There's no replacing Rob Gronkowski, but you know you have veterans there with Rudolph and Cam Braid and Kate Odden, I think is a very exciting piece that yep. we don't know exactly what he's going to be yet, but I think it's very exciting to see what he can do with this team. And we might see a lot of four wide that end up just being shorter passes because gauge whether, yeah, whether the, you know, the protection won't, doesn't hold up or the, the, the defense schemes that way where they're not going to be able to go down the field. They're still going to attack. They're just going to do it in a little bit of different ways than, um, than maybe we've seen over the last two years. That's, there's no problem with that. It's just, right. I don't know. It's just different. And you still have your bookend tackles, so you're good there, you know? So, I mean, that's the biggest point is, is hold the point of attack on the outside. Uh, I know everyone's like, oh, Brady's weakness is the interior pass rush. Name me a quarterback whose weakness isn't the interior right, pass Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and he finds, he's always finds the way to step up in that pocket. And everyone wants to go back to that 2007-2018 Super Bowl losses to the Giants when they kind of beat him with the – you don't think he's learned? I mean, this is Tom Brady here. He's yeah. learned from that from those situations, so. I think I think they'll be fine. They'll adapt to it. Engaging Godwin in the slot at, at some point. I mean, these guys have been electric catching the ball. Obviously, we know Godwin's history, but Gage Matt has looked really, really good and in sync. So those quick hitches, those quick little crossers, and and different things they can they can do. I think they'll be fine. Let's talk about a couple of the different uh, position battles that not only are we going to be paying attention to when the Bucks play the Colts on Saturday. But Todd Bowles was asked about it, too. Just some of the other, you know, uh, spots up for grabs, if, if you will say. Here's Bowles talking about a couple of positions that um, he'll be paying attention to. Left guard, you know, there's a ton of guys at the receiver spot, obviously. Corner spot is yet to be determined. Uh, guarding and backing up. Back up inside backer. Two more special teams players, so we're looking at a lot of that. Not sure if that video cut out a little bit, but he said um, offensive guard, which we just talked about with Gattaki, and obviously Leverett's still in the running too. Um, wide receiver, which we talked about a ton. He also talked about the quarterback position, though, and he said not just like the starter outside of Carlton Davis, but like the backup corners too. They still need to figure that out. Um, he also talked about inside linebacker and then, of course, special teams. So, JC, let's start with, 
the cornerback room. And, and we talked about it a little bit yesterday because if you didn't check out yesterday's show, I do recommend it. It was myself, Scott Reynolds, and Casey Hudson. We each came up with a couple of players that are on the bubble that we think um, you know should make the team or is making a, a good case for it. And a couple corners got brought up. One of them was Don Gardner, who we mentioned earlier. Gardner almost had an interception in the Miami game and then, of course, had the interception in the Tennessee game. Uh, we unfortunately don't have the Tennessee one, but we do have the almost interception that he had uh, against Miami. And then I brought up Richard Robinson. I just think when a friend of the program, Cyril Grayson Jr. and friend of the program, D. Delaney, both say that he's the fastest guy on the team when he mixed it with the coverage that he's had here in, in, in training camp. I think he's a guy that you at least got to find a roster spot for. Um, those are some of the guys. And then obviously there's the battle between Jamel Dean and Sean Murphy Bunting, who's going to be that second cornerback that's lining up on the opposite end of the field of Carlton Davis. Yeah, I think SMB, they've given every every opportunity for him to succeed. Um, and they know what Jamel Dean can do. SMB has played mostly in the slot the last couple of years. Um, obviously got injured last year and wasn't the same player. So I think they're giving him every opportunity to say, hey, let's see what you can do. And if not, Dean's going to be probably the guy I think they'll go with on the outside. That fifth cornerback spot, because Zion McCollum, I think, will occupy the fourth one, is yeah. very intriguing. D Delaney. Uh, obviously, you know, was a uh, was a Bruce Arians favorite last year. We're also Dino Laney. What's he still doing here? Uh, but he's really come along, and he had you know one of the best um, you know early summers out of anybody on the team as far as mini camp and OTAs go. Uh, didn't quite translate all the way, but he's really started to turn around. I think the last couple of games and that Tennessee Titans game, he had a, he had a really good game as well. So uh, I think that it's really coming down to the battle between him and Rashad Robinson. And ultimately, special teams is going to rule the day. We know that they're going to whoever, whichever one of those guys can perform on special teams is probably going to end up with that fifth spot. I don't know right now if they're looking at keeping a sixth cornerback um, just because of the way that uh, the way that they're using the the corners specifically as outside guys and not as inside guys at all. Uh, I mean, Delaney's gotten a few snaps there, but pretty much every uh, player has been taking those snaps on the outside at cornerback and they've been using those safeties in the nickel position. So I don't know if you necessarily need to go six deep at, at the, at the cornerback spot, but Don Gardner has certainly made a case. And ever since he came up PUP, which he started early in the camp, early on in camp, he's really showed out that he can make plays. He's, he's learning the defense fast and he's getting it down. So, you know, he could disrupt. I know they paid uh, Kyler McMichael significantly more money to sign here, uh, he just hasn't looked as good as Gardner. So at the very least, I think Gardner is a, a extreme possibility, you know, if he can make it through waivers to come back on the practice squad. But as far as that fifth spot goes, Matt, I think D Delaney's got the got the inside track. He played less snaps at cornerback than Robinson, albeit only seven snaps. But he also, interestingly enough, he played three more snaps on special teams or two more snaps on special teams, 13th Robinson's 11. And that's kind of Robinson's, you know, spot. But it's really going to come down to what happens on Saturday. And we know that he's the fastest guy on the team, according to some of the players on the team. And, uh, you know, that gunner spot is still wide open there. So I think that's one of the biggest battles be be as between the starting spot, which I think Dean still ends up getting that. But D Delaney, Rashad Robinson for that fifth cornerback spot is going to be really interesting to watch. And Keep your eyes peeled on special teams, guys. I always tell people it's not a time 
to, to go to the bathroom in preseason because you want to see who's out there, especially on those first team special teams units to start the game. That might give you an inside track to see who who the Bucks think you know are, is going to stick around of those backup positions. Yeah, Delaney obviously like starting out. Even if you go all the way back to like mini camp and OTAs, he was looking pretty good and early on in training camp. Apparently, we do also have the interception by uh, Don Garter. So shout out to him for making that play. Um, but uh, I would say he cooled off a little bit in terms of like the splash plays and things going on like that. Where Robinson, if you remember, he was out for the beginning of training camp. And I think that's going to be the biggest issue for him. Cause when he was in there, he was covering very well. And uh, you know, again, those one-on-one battles where you're not supposed to win, it's supposed to go to the wide receiver. He was doing the best out of like all the corners, all of them. I'm, I'm talking about even the starters and everything like right. that. So um, I just think like even Robinson, he didn't practice today. Maybe it was just a precautionary type of thing, but he has to, he's fighting to make this team. It's not a guarantee. And I just, I don't know if he could always fully be healthy. Um, I do agree. I think it's Jamel Dean's job. It was interesting hearing from Sean Murphy Ponting today. He said that, you know, he's obviously had some injury issues the past couple seasons. He said for the first time since like he first joined the Bucks when he got drafted, he feels as good as he did then. And I think he was just talking about from a health standpoint. Um, so that's good to see if he's fully healthy. We haven't really seen him make too many plays. Um, he did have... Interception today in practice, though. So maybe the wheels are starting to turn and he's really starting to starting to get something going because he is going to be on this team regardless of if he's the second or the third corner. Um, another position that Todd Bowles spoke about was inside linebacker. And we talked about Grant Stewart a lot yesterday, so we don't need to mention him a, a ton. But Olakunle, Fadukasi, Todd Bowles had mentioned. I also really like JJ Russell. Um, they're obviously not going to keep like six inside linebackers, but it is one of those things. Do they keep a fifth inside linebacker? If they really love Grant Stewart, who just came back to practice, he practiced two days in a row now. If they really love Stewart at special teams, can Fadukasi still find a way to make this team? I think it's possible. Um, but the the best thing he had going for him was the fact that Stewart wasn't playing. And now that Stewart's back, there's obviously a lot of issues coverage-wise is that enough to ensure Fadukasi gets a, a spot on this roster? Uh, you know, I'm kind of leaning toward Fadukasi over Stewart at this moment right now. I think he's not only has he shown um, out on special teams. I mean, he was he had the second most special team snaps, 13 snaps yeah. on, against the Titans and also had a tackle uh, as well. But he's also shown that he can be a, a legitimate viable option at linebacker more so than Stewart. I'm not saying this guy is going to be an all pro anytime soon or even reach that level, but we've seen him, you know, show off some, some speed. We've seen him show off great play recognition. He's made interceptions and pass deflections in practice. Um, and I, I think sacks in, in the games and back-to-back games and, and quarterback hits. So I think that he's shown that if you're going to keep a guy who can show it on special teams, which we know Grant Stewart was one of the best last year, but Fado Kasi has still been able to, you know, kind of do his thing there so far in the preseason. If he has another good showing on special teams and then in cleanup duty, I think that there's a chance that he might get that spot over Stewart. I don't, and maybe they try to sneak Stewart back on the practice squad. Um, but right now, I think with the injury history of Stewart, obviously missing some time last year, missing some time this year. I, I think that the coaching staff might have kind of 
move Fadakazi ahead of him. I don't know, though. We'll see. Uh, we will see. And when you are watching the Bucks colts game this Saturday, make sure that when you're watching, you know, you could pick some over-unders. You could pick some head-to-heads. The best place to go and do that is with Underdog Fantasy. Before we talk about the pick-ems and head-to-heads, got to tell you guys about Best Ball Mania 3 and the $10 million in prizes that they have going on. You have three weeks to sign up for Best Ball Mania 3, so make sure you get it going sooner rather than later. Uh, It is the easiest place to play fantasy football at Underdog Fantasy. You draft your team for Best Ball Mania 3, and there's no in-season management. You get the optimal score each week of the season, and of course, you have a shot at over $10 million in total prize money. Uh, Head to underdogfantasy.com or the App Store right now and sign up with the promo code PEWTER. Uh, Underdog is going to match your first deposit up to $100. Again, Underdog Fantasy, sign up with the promo code PEWTER. Draft your best ball Mania 3 team today. If you learn from Plant City Math, you can understand what matching your deposit means. And if you don't know about the Pick'ems, once again, it's one of the easiest ways to get some action in on the NFL. You just pick over or under on your favorite or least favorite player stats. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Pick between two and five players to fill out your pick'em slip. Get every pick right. Take home some cold, hard cash. They even have special lines for the preseason, so keep an eye out for that. Use the code PEWTER. Get your first deposit. Match up to $100. Again, Plant City Math. Put in deposit of $100. You're getting another $100, and you'll get that match by Underdog Fantasy. Make sure you head over to Underdog Fantasy. Use the promo code PEWTER and uh, start picking those teams for Best Ball Mania 3 and start picking your over-unders and head-to-heads. And PeterReport.com is also going to be uh, doing their own leagues this season. So make sure you email Scott at SR at PeterReport.com. You can email me at Matt at PeterReport.com. If you want to email JC, JC. Um, you could start your own league too. I know fans have started already emailing Scott. I've gotten a couple emails about it. We're going to be doing uh, an underdog fantasy league, and I'm very excited to get involved with it. We want the fans to get involved as well. So underdog fantasy promo code pewter. The fun thing is the over-unders too. That's a lot of fun. Yes. That's a lot of fun. It's more than just fantasy football. Like the over-unders and the pickums are are a ton of fun. And a quick way to win some money with that multiplier situation they got there, too. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, make sure you check that out. Uh, JC, as we wind things down, I don't know if there's anything specifically that you're going to be watching for this game on Saturday. And anything that you really want to see? Or uh, we did cover a lot of things today. Yeah, pretty much the cohesiveness of the line. How does that look? How does uh, get a key look right there next to Donovan Smith and Robert Hainsey. Again, Robert Hainsey some more. Uh, you know, I'm not sure DeForest Buckner's playing, but against a guy like him, I want to see how they hold, how those two guys hold their own special teams. I won't be going to the bathroom during special teams because I want to see who's out there. Maybe give us an inside edge of who might be out there. Um, Julio Jones. I mean, yeah, we didn't really talk yeah. about Julio, but I want to see Julio Jones out there or Brady, see what that connection's like. Uh, I want to see how the defense performs at, at fully as a unit out there. Uh, looks like everyone's going to be playing. I don't. There's no one on the defense that's helped that's really injured right now besides a Keanu Neal, so we might not see him. And Logan Ryan, I think, is a question mark 
but still, we we figured that you know Mike Edwards and and Antoine Winfield Jr. would be the base safeties out there uh, when they're you know in their normal three four alignment package. So I, I'm excited to see that too. There's a lot to look for, especially now that the starters are playing. Before it's just like all right, let's see how the backups do and see if anyone can earn a spot. But with the starters out there, it's going to be so much more fun to watch those you know two series or half or whatever they play to kind of see how this team is coming together, how they've come together. And both spoke about that from day one of training camp to the final day today. He's seen growth and improvement, and that's what you want to see. And I'm excited to see that on the field from this team uh, in a game-type situation and not just a practice. Yeah, I'm just excited to see the starters again. You know, we're going to see the the Tom Brady to Mike Evans connection. Like you said, Tom Brady to Julio going to be super cool. I'm really pumped to see, you know, Shaq Barrett get after the quarterback, Devin White and Levante David in the middle. I want to see someone get a turnover on defense. I want to see Carlton Davis make the damn catch this time, yes. or Jamel Dean make the damn catch this time. We'll see how much they play, but it will be exciting. I think there will be an opportunity because let's remember, you know, Matt Ryan's in his first year with the Colts, so there's still going to be that communication aspect of it. So I think it's a great opportunity. Uh, seeing Antoine Winfield Jr. in the slot and just overall, the defense creating some turnovers again. That's what we were missing from Levante David and Devin White. Uh, hopefully we do get it this season. So this is a reminder to everyone watching. Uh, we will have another podcast. This is our last one of um, the business week, I guess, if you want to say. Camp, but too. Yeah, training camp as well. Um, we will have one Saturday night after the game. About 45 minutes to an hour. It always varies depending on who we get to talk to and uh, you know our stories that, of course, are coming up, but it will be uh, me, uh, myself, Scott, JC will be on as well. We'll be breaking down um, everything that we saw from the game. So make sure to uh, check us out on Saturday night right here on YouTube. Again, want to remind everyone, please like and subscribe. If you like the show, if you like the videos we put out, subscribe to Peter Report TV. Help us help you and help you help us, whatever that saying is. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks everyone for the super chat. That was freaking awesome. And again, if you do super chat, we will make sure we get to your question right away. And I think it makes for some good discussions, some good back and forth. So um, it really is. It really is great. And we thank you all for it. So for JC Allen, I'm Matt Matera saying thank you everybody for watching and listening. And we will see you on Saturday for another edition of the Peter Report podcast. Out. Later, guys.